like appears in the form of a guru. So if Krishna appears in the form of a guru like Ishvara Puri, when Lord Chaitanya looks at Ishvara Puri, he is getting a particular kind of view of what Krishna is from a different perspective. Um, I hope that makes a little sense. It's a it's a difficult concept for me, but he's seeing he's seeing himself through the eyes of a devotee, and he's seeing himself um, in the person of Ishvara Puri. So there's a couple of different verses. I just want to touch on these things. Um, these have been part of my meditation while I was thinking about these this class, um, and I don't want to say too much. But I, I think that these these verses uh, from the introduction to the to Krishna Das Kaviraj uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita, they talk a lot about what Lord Chaitanya is trying to do, and these these things have been part of my meditation. So um, these are these are famous verses, and I'll just read the English for the sake of brevity. May the Supreme Lord, who is known as the son of Srimati Sachi Devi, be transcendentally situated in the innermost chambers of your heart, resplendent with the radiance of molten gold. He has appeared in the age of Kali by his causeless mercy to bestow what no incarnation has ever offered before, the most sublime and radiant mellow of devotional service, the mellow of conjugal love. So Lord Chaitanya and, and others, appear to distribute this mood of rag bhakti which is very seldom seen in the material world so that is that's one aspect of what he's trying to do uh, that's sort of his external reason for appearance uh, and in and appearance in the world is to and unlike the the usual appearance of gorana ryan he krishna appears himself to distribute love of God and distribute the chanting of the Hare Krishna mantra. So that's his external reason. So this is the, I want to try and give this as a background to what Lord Chaitanya is doing. That's his external reason. There's reason one. Uh, the next two verses talk, two verses talk about the next reasons. The loving affairs of Sri Radha and Krishna are transcendental manifestations of the, of the Lord's internal pleasure giving potency. Although Radha and Krishna are one in their identity, they separated themselves eternally. Now these two transcendental identities have again united in the form of Sri Krishna Chaitanya. I bow down to him who has manifested himself with the sentiment and complexion of Sri Mati Radharani, although he is Krishna himself. So Radha and Krishna are two and one at the same time in an inconceivable way. So. This verse focuses a little more on Lord Chaitanya's own reason. So Lord Chaitanya has a reason that he wants to uh, benedict the, the living entities that, that live in the material realm. That's verse one, that's reason one. And reason two, he has his own personal agenda and uh, this, this whole Leela, this whole pastime, um, He's trying to understand more about himself through the eyes of Radharani. So this verse, desiring to understand the glory of Radharani's love, the wonderful qualities in him that she alone relishes through her love and the happiness she feels when she realizes the sweetness of his love. The Supreme Lord Hari, richly endowed with her emotions, appeared from the womb of Srimati Sachi Devi as the moon appeared from the ocean. So, Lord Chaitanya appears to fulfill his own agenda. So I just want to, I want to say that um, and just give that as a, one of the, part of the groundwork for what we're talking about. Um, so I, I hope that, I hope that what I'm saying to, to everybody is basically an advertisement for for hearing or reading um, the Chaitanya Charitamrita um, or the Sri Chaitanya Bhagavat or both. Um, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta encouraged his disciples to, 
to read Chaitanya Bhagavat a hundred times. Um, so part of what I've done this week is is revisit uh, the Chaitanya Bhagavat. And uh, I just want to let everybody know, like the Chaitanya Bhagavat is available uh, on, um, if you just do a Google search for the Sri Chaitanya Bhagavat audio, if you type that in your Google search, the first two things that pop up, um, one is from Iskand Desire Tree, they have an audio version, and another one is called archive.com. And uh, the audio is there. It's a it's a reading from Damodar Prabhu, who's a nice devotee from New Vrindavan in West Virginia. And um, I think the sound recording was done by a friend of ours, Ananta Govinda. Uh, I think he was the engineer who who recorded that. Um, and the, uh, he also Damodar Prabhu also recorded a version of Sri Chaitanya, which is available on Spotify, just like our Tatva Vivek lectures are available on Spotify. Chaitanya Charitamrita is available there also. So there's an opportunity like to to hear both of these these amazing stories, and the, the poetry there is beautiful. Both Krishna Das and uh, Vrindavan Das. That if you've ever had any sense of of literary interest. Um, the, the poetry there is beautiful. The stories are beautiful. And so we're um, this week we're, we're going to look at um, we're going to look at the chapter 11 from Sri Chaitanya Bhagavat. And basically, I'm just going to try and um, and tell you this story um, and um, and just encourage you to, to hear it for yourself directly on one of these audio platforms. Um, I'm not going to be able to deliver it the, the same way um, that Vrindavan Das does, um, but I'm going to I'm going to try and, and talk about it. Um, just like I say, as an advertisement for for hearing it again uh, for yourself. So Lord Chaitanya um, is the supreme personality of Godhead, and he lived in Navadweep as Nimai Pandit, as a scholar and a teacher. Um, of logic and grammar and he studied in the school of Gangadas Pandit and um, um, so he um, so he he would often argue with a lot of different people that lived in in Nadia in Navadweep at the time and he was very he was a very erudite scholar and he knew all the specifics and of grammar and logic and he 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 would pick these arguments with all kinds of devotees and um and nobody could ever defeat him he was very strong in debate and he would only allow himself to, to, he the only person that could really talk with him was the teacher gangadas pandit um some other scholars believed him to be the incarnation of Brihaspati. Brihaspati is the uh, the spiritual master of the demigods. Um, and so he had a lot of students. He had his own school and he had uh, a group of students and um, and they all looked up to him um, as their unri unrivaled leader. They admired him for so many reasons and um, for his beautiful character, his beautiful appearance, and um, but the the thing that that made other people in Nadia disappointed was that Lord Chaitanya was not a Vaishnav, and um, so one one devotee that we talked a little bit about last week was Mukunda, and Mukunda is senior to Lord Chaitanya by age, and um, Mukunda was a beautiful singer. Um, I should backtrack a little bit. I told you the story last week about Mukunda, and I, I told that wrong. The, some of the details in my story were incorrect. You guys are very generous. No one, no one pointed out my fault. But um, anyway, I, I told you wrong, and today I'm going to try and tell you the the right version of the story. So anyway, Mukunda was a was a singer, and he sang these beautiful songs. And they would meet at the home of Advaita Acharya, and he would sing these beautiful songs and beautiful verses and there were devotees there and they his songs would help them to feel so many spiritual emotions and they would spend the night 
feeling these deep things and they would shed tears and they were clap each other on the backs and try to be to support each other through the depths of some spiritual emotion and um but the devotees were concerned all these this group of devotees was very concerned um that lord chaitanya they, they thought wouldn't it be wonderful if nimai pandit was a devotee um so um sometimes lord chaitanya was walking through the streets of nadia and he would see mukunda and he would pick an argument with mukunda and he would say he would raise a point about logic or grammar and um and mukunda would try to reply and lord chaitanya would refute and defeat his arguments and um mukunda was such a nice devotee and but he wasn't able to defeat lord chaitanya but in the course of arguing with lord chaitanya he became a sort of a scholar himself and then um so one day lord chaitanya was walking uh down through the streets of nadia and he saw mukunda and mukunda turned away and he turned like maybe down the side street down the alley and um and nimai pandit asked govinda govinda why why do you think that uh that mukunda like i saw him sneak away there why do you think he did that and govinda said well maybe he had some other work to do and lord chaitanya replied no i, I don't think that's the reason i think that mukunda is a vaishnava and these Vaishnavas, what they always want to talk about is topics about Krishna and topics about Krishna Bhakti. And I'm always troubling them. I'm always coming to them with these arguments about uh, astrology and theology and grammar and verb rules. And they don't they don't want to talk to me about that stuff. And um, and then after that, uh, Nimai Pandit sort of talked, he was talking with himself a little bit, and he said that those devotees that run for me now, one of the one of those, one of these days, before long, all of these days, all of these devotees, they're going to be singing about me. They're going to be talking about me, and they'll sing my glories. Um, so there's a little bit of insight about, about Mukunda and that exchange. So a lot of the people, as, as you probably heard, uh, that lived in Navadweep and Nadia at the time, they they weren't all Vaishnavas, and um, they were they were quite a materialistic group actually, and um, and the Vaishnavas felt great compassion for them, um, and they were quite concerned, and they they got together and they talked about their lamentation, and sometimes even these the materialistic people they were hurling insults at the at the people that lived in nadia and um and they said that all these devotees they chant so loudly and they they read so much from the bhagavat that they talk about it and they cry about it and they spend their whole night going on and on about it uh the srivas and his three brothers they they howl and chant all night. They can't even let us get a good a good night's sleep after we've had a good meal. And we ask, is there no benefit from chanting Krishna's name softly? And so they prayed that that the Lord would incarnate and they um, and save these the the poor unfortunate people that lived in that time. Um, so the they would go and they would talk about these things. At the home of Advaita Acharya, and Advaita Acharya, um, he would become really angry. He could hardly tolerate the offenses of the things that people would say against the Vaishnavas, and he would become angry like Rudra, the destroyer of the world. And he would roar and he would say, "I will destroy everyone, and uh, my Lord, who carries the Sudarshan disc, will soon appear." And everyone will see what he does, and I will report all of these offenses to my Lord, and only then will this this slave called Advaita will be worthy to be known as a servant of Lord Krishna. And Advaita encouraged the other devotees. He said, "Everybody, please be patient. Uh, my brothers, please remain patient a little longer. Then here in Nadia, you shall see Krishna appear and reveal his pastimes." 
And the devotees felt very encouraged by Advaita's words. And then that night they began to sing a sweet kirtan. And in the course of that kirtan, their troubles melted away. The things that they were thinking about, the things that had troubled them and the, the, the harsh things that people had said to them, they no longer affected their minds and they were carried away on the waves of the, the nectar of devotion. And um, so Nimai continued his education and his teaching very happily at that time. And he was a constant source of happiness for uh, Mother Sachi. And around that time, um, Ishvara Puri came to visit Nadia. So we'll give just a little bit of background about Ishvara Puri. We're gonna we're gonna go way back here again. We're gonna we're gonna go back and we're gonna talk about Madhavendra Puri, um, because Madhavendra Puri is the spiritual master of Ishvara Puri, and in in one sense, in a he is the, the source or the, the root that, um, that this mood of rag bhakti grows from. He's sort of the, the first appearance of a person who feels this rag bhakti in the world that Lord Chaitanya is going to benedict the world with. So Madhavindrapuri, probably, so many things had already happened in his life. He'd already uh, traveled to Vrindavan and Lord Krishna had appeared uh, and given him uh, that milk. And he said that, you know, anyone who, anyone who fasts in this village, I take care of those people who fast in this village, I come and give them some milk. And he'd already um, established the, the deity on, uh, on the top of Govardhan Hill and a huge festival was made with mountains of chapatis and mounds of rice and all the local villagers, they came and installed the deity there. And then he walked to South India uh, to try and get this sandalwood pulp. And then he came back and, and the Lord told him, you don't have to walk it all the way back north. You can stop here and you can give, the, you can give this sandalwood pulp to the, to the deity here. And that'll please me. This deity of me is the same as, as I am. Um, so all of those things had already happened in the life of Madhavendrapuri. Um, and at some point in time, he had he had made a number of disciples, including Advaita Acharya um, and Ishvara Puri. So Ishvara Puri and Advaita Acharya are god brothers. And in the course of time, Madhavendra Puri became a very old person, and his body became weak. His body became invalid, and Ishvara Puri took good care of, of Madhavendra Puri and uh, took care of his personal needs, and he cleansed the body of Madhavendra Puri, and he chanted for, for him, and he reminded him of the past times. And so Madhavendra Puri, he gave so many benedictions to Ishvara Puri that he would become a great devotee. So Ishvara Puri, um, um, he traveled everywhere due to the restlessness in his heart. Um, based on the feelings that he felt for Krishna, having become such a, a wonderful devotee in service to his own spiritual master. Um, so around this same time when all this was going on in Nadia, Ishvara Puri appeared and he was un unobtrusively dressed as an Ekadanda sannyasi. So, uh, the sannyasis that, that we think about in, in our lineage are tree dundi sannyasis. And that tree dundi means three sticks and they're tied together and they represent that a, a person offers their mind and the thoughts of their mind and their intelligence and their body and the actions of their body and their words and all the, the things that they say in the service of Krishna. So Ishvara Puri uh, was an ekadandi sannyasi and he appeared there in a, in a casual way, in a sense. And he, he came to the home of Advaita Acharya. Um, and he, Advaita Acharya was busy at the time. And he was, um, he was doing some work. So Ishvara Puri sat down in the courtyard of Advaita Acharya. And he, he sat there and waited for some time. And, um, and then Advaita came out 
and he said um, he noticed that the because of a Vaishnava's purity makes a person effulgent. So Advaita Acharya noticed the effulgence of Ishvara Puri and said, hey there, saintly personality. Uh, um, I see that you're, you're here in my courtyard and, but I, I get the feeling, I, have, I just have a hunch that you are a Vaishnava sannyasi. And Ishvara Puri replied, I'm, I'm worse than the fourth class person. And I'm, I'm just here to receive the shade of your lotus feet. So this same Mukunda that we talked about earlier, Mukunda was also there at the, at the home of Advaita Acharya at the time. And, um, and he said, um, so Mukunda began to sing some sweet songs as he was accustomed to do. And those songs impacted Ishvara Puri in a profound way. And so his eyes filled with tears and his heart filled with spiritual emotion. And so Ishvara Puri swooned and fell to the ground. And while listening to Mukunda sing one shloka after another, he's singing these beautiful songs. And Advaita Acharya was very careful to pick him up in his arms and hold Ishvara Puri there. And, um, and soon he was, you know, bathed in the tears of Ishvara Puri. And he was swept up in spiritual emotion. And both of them were swept away on the waves of spiritual emotion. And all the Vaishnavas there who happened to be there were very moved and astounded to see such a, a display of spiritual ecstasy. Um, it's not like Ishvara Puri showed these emotions. It's not like he was flashing those things around for all to see. Um, but he, he was overcome and... Um, so it sort of reminds us of a story that when um, Gadadhar Pandit, I think he went with Mukunda. This is one of the, the later pastimes that you've, that you've heard, but Gadadhar Pandit went with Mukunda to meet Pundarik Vidyanidhi. And Gadadhar Pandit could see that Pundarik Vidyanidhi was, appeared as a very wealthy person. He had, a, he had very fine clothes and he had some beautiful jewels and he had very fine oils that perfumed his hair and he had big brass spittoons and Gadadhar Pandit thought that this person is is a regular person he's not a a wonderful Vaishnava and Mukunda sang these beautiful songs and he mentioned this verse about how Krishna was so magnanimous and charitable to a person uh, like Putana and of course Pundarik Vidyanidhi he also like became filled with these spiritual emotions and um, so anyway, it's, it's similar. Uh, and uh, anyway, it just reminded me of that story. There's also this character, Mukunda. So um, in a humble way, Ishvara Puri wandered around Navadweep, unrecognized by anyone. And then one day um, after, while coming home from teaching his students, um, in his grammar school in Navadweep, uh, Nimai Pandit saw Ishvara Puri and recognized him uh, as his devotee and servant and offered him respect. And um, so Ishvara Puri also saw Lord Chaitanya and um, and he could tell right away that Lord Chaitanya was a grave and sublime transcendental personality. And Ishvara Puri asked, what is your name, learned Brahmin? What do you teach? What book are you carrying? And where do you live? And um, some of Nimai's students introduced Lord Chaitanya. And Ishvara Puri said, oh, you're that same Nimai Pandit because Nimai Pandit had developed a, a huge reputation as a scholar. And, um, and so Lord Chaitanya invited Ishvara Puri to his house for prasadam and Ishvara Puri accepted and they walked there. And as they went, Ishvara Puri was lavishing affection on Nimai Pandit and Mother Sachi prepared a, a wonderful feast 
And after their meal, Ishvara Puri retired to the temple room and he began to narrate the beautiful pastimes of Lord Krishna. And at one point in the course of his story, Ishvara Puri became overwhelmed uh, with spiritual emotion and he became per perplexed and unable to speak any further. And Nimai and, and all of his uh, friends and students there, they felt great joy in the presence of, of such divine ecstasy. And I'm sure that if, if some of us probably feel the same way. It's probably happened to all of us at some point in time. Uh, I can remember several instances where I, where there were moments where the atmosphere became, it was palpable. You could reach out. It's almost the, the emotion changed to the level that I, I was unfamiliar with, and it was tangible how much the spiritual the atmosphere had become spiritually charged in the presence of some great devotees. Um, so, um, Ishvara Puri, um, he stayed in the home of Gopinath Acharya there in Nadia for seven months. And uh, you guys probably remember that Gopinath Acharya was the, the brother-in-law of Sarvabhombhattacharya. And he was instrumental in the conversion of Sarvabhom Bhattacharya. So while Ishvarapuri was there in Nadia, he stayed with him. Excuse me. So Gadadhar Pandit was also there. He was already very close with Nimai Pandit. And from his birth, he was always a devotee and he was always detached from material life and material ambitions. And he was a well-loved member of the community. And so Ishvara Puri met with Gadadhar Pandit and um, Ishvara Puri was also very affectionate to Gadadhar Pandit. And in his company, he would read uh, a book called the Krishna Lilamrita which Ishvarapuri had composed. And he in that, in that book, he explains a lot of esoteric truths. So um, he was discussing that with Gadadhar Pandit. And um, so he also, um, so one day he asked, Ishvarapuri asked Nimai Pandit, um, he said, I know that you're a learned scholar and I've written a book and, um, and I would like for you to go through and find any mistakes that are there in my book and that'll please me very much. And uh, so Lord Chaitanya, um, he replied, these are descriptions of Lord Krishna by a pure devotee. Anyone who finds fault with such a writing is an offender. A pure devotee never writes anything from his imagination devoid of a scriptural basis. Scriptural basis. Your writings are bona fide. Um, he said, he went on to tell a story. He said, a, a learned scholar and an ignorant person both might offer ob their obeisances to Krishna in a temple. And while the learned scholar may use all the correct grammar and all the correct language, uh, and the ignorant person may make a lot of mistakes in their grammar, uh, the Lord accepts the obeisances of both persons. Krishna is not impressed by mere learning. He is supplicated by the inner mood of surrender of the devotee. Krishna is satisfied by the writing of a pure devotee. Whatever you have written is an expression of your pure sentiments for Krishna. Who has the audacity to find some fault with it? So um, it's worth expanding on just a little bit. Uh, Guru Maharaj sometimes talks about what is the, the currency or what it, which things have purchasing power in the spiritual realm and they're, they're not necessarily learning or beauty or education 
or any of the things that that come from good karma they are not anything that come from anything that that a person derives that from the material atmosphere the lord is impressed with a devotee's um, pure emotion and their mood of service and their sharanagati and their level of surrender and those are the things that that really matter in the eyes of of lord chaitanya um so lord chaitanya nimai pandit was reluctant to to look through his book and find some mistakes and um it um anyway i mean i gotta backtrack a little bit um so um nimai pandit says whatever you have written is an expression of your pure sentiments for Krishna. And it reminded me of this quote from Padmanabha Swami lately that I thought was really great. Um, and he shared that with us. He said that um, while Kanishtas see through the lens of Shastra, let me start over. While Kanishtas see their emotions through the lens of Shastra, no, I'm sorry. Well, I'm going to say this right. Bear with me. While Kanishtas see the Shastra through the lens of their emotions, Madhyamas see their emotions through the lens of Shastra. And the Uttamas' emotions are in themselves Shastra. So I'm, I'm running a little long, but uh, these are points that are, that are, are worth making. Um, so it's important um if we have a kanishta mentality um that we have we have thoughts and feelings that come from our material conditioning and it's important that we try to understand that and we recognize that we sometimes people try to use the scripture or use things that acharyas have said to back up their own position and that that can be sort of a kanishta mentality and we have to we have to sort of guard against that and while the the madhyama the intermediate practitioner they will see their emotions through the lens of that scripture so they're gonna they're gonna start to base their mood and feeling on the scripture and not try to use the scripture or the things that are said there for their own agenda but try to see themselves in relation to the agenda of the scripture and the the uttama person that person, their, their emotions are scripture. That, that person who is the topmost devotee, who's full of like good thoughts and good feelings towards Krishna, um, those, those things in, in and of themselves become scripture. I thought that was a beautiful quote from Padmanabha Swami. I just wanted to share that and talk about that in relation to Ishvara Puri's own writing of Krishna Lilamrita. Um, so Ishvara Puri, um, he felt great spiritual ecstasy when he heard Lord Chaitanya's explanation. And, um, and Ishvara Puri said, I, I don't think that you're an offender and I don't think that you're a fault finder, uh, but I do know that you're a learned scholar and I, I would like for you to, to read my book. There might be so many kinds of mistakes and I would like for you to point those out to me. So one day, uh, Nimai Pandit was reading his book and he found a mistake in the ver verb usage of the word Atmanipodi. So Nimai Pandit went to Ishvarapuri. He said, This Atmanipodi should be a different verb. And um, and so Ishvarapuri, he went home and he considered that. And he came back the following day. And, and Ishvarapuri, who was also a very erudite scholar, and, um, and he said, Actually, uh, the verb that you suggested, Parad Vaidhi, is not correct and the verb atmanipodi is correct in the way that i've used it and so nimai was very pleased to have been defeated by his devotee um, and then ishvara puri stayed for a few days more uh, in nadia and then due to the restlessness of his heart because of krishna bhakti he was moved to travel again um, and then um, 
that, that's actually the close of the chapter, which is probably good because I'm it's at twelve fifteen. So one of the things that that I love, I, I'm always charmed by, is the benedictions that come at the end of each chapter in uh, in the Sri Chaitanya Bhagavat. Vrindavan Das offers these beautiful uh, benedictions to all the listeners. Um, so e each chapter has one. You should like. I I have faith that these things are true, um, even if they seem far flung, even if they seem a little outlandish. That that I, the benedictions are are huge. They're they're big things. After each chapter, so many chapters, so so many benedictions. And anyway, uh, Vrindavan Das says, anyone who listens to this story attentively is immediately transported to the place where the shelter of Lord Krishna's feet are ever offering shelter and mercy. Um, so um, from there, a lot of different things happen in the, in the life of Nimai Pandit. Um, Nimai Pandit. Um, Uh, it was a big deal for Mother Sachi and Jagannath Mishra to get Nimai Pandit educated. It was a long conversation. There's a beautiful description. And um, and they, they went back and forth about how he should be educated. And, and Lord Chaitanya wanted to go to school. And they, they talked, well, maybe he should just remain an ignorant person. Uh, if we get him educated, then maybe he'll be like Vishvarup. And Vishvarup had already gone and taken sannyas. And if we get if we get Nimai educated, then he might learn the things and he'll take off and maybe he'll take sannyas too. Um, so Jagannath Mishra uh, one night had a profound dream uh, where Nimai Pandit had had I think he had taken sannyas and and left Nadia, and that dream was so troubling to Jagannath Mishra for days he he was uh, in turmoil over it, and then Jagannath Mishra passed away and left the world. So if we think about Archana City and, and the, the hero's journey of Joseph Campbell, we can sort of see like Lord Chaitanya, his life has a lot of parallels. His, his life and story sort of fit, fit in there. You can see how in, in Lord Chaitanya's early life, he was, a, he was quite a regular person. Um, he was not a devotee. It was concerning to people who were devotees that Nimai Pandit was not a devotee. He never talked about devotional things, and he um, but and his the, the course of his life was known. It was so, sort of charted out, at least in the minds of of Sachi and Jagannath Mishra. You would think that they they would hope for him a normal course of life. Um, but then Jagannath Mishra passed away. Um, that's one of the elements in the hero's journey, and then. Uh, Nimai Pandit found uh, a mentor, and he found um, friends and servants and associates that he was going to go on this journey with. So in a similar way, we, we all have these things in our life. We have the trauma and turmoil that changes our life, and then we've all found this mentor figure uh, in the person of our Guru Maharaj, and then we, we have other sadhakas. Uh, we have God brothers and God sisters that that support us and encourage us in our own devotional life. And um, so, anyway, I just want to I just want to say that um, Lord Chaitanya's journey to become a devotee is it's more it's pretty it's a little similar to ours, and um, there's obviously some exceptional differences, but his journey is is not so different from our own. And I think that's part of the, the benediction that he's giving. Um, so the devotees in that, in that time, they felt great compassion for the materialistic people of the day. Um, and Lord Chaitanya continued to be uh, a teacher and he had, he had a group of students and sometimes he would walk with them. And sometimes he was joking. 
and sometimes he was very serious. And after the, the death of Jagannath Mishra, Lord Chaitanya made a pilgrimage with his students to go to Gaya to perform the Shraddha ceremony for his father. So when a person, uh, when a person passes, there would be lots of people who would go to this place, Gaya, where there were, um, where they would perform the Shraddha ceremony and they would offer prayers and they would worship the person who has departed. So uh, Lord Chaitanya and his students went there uh, and on the way, uh, the Lord went to the temple of Madhusudan and Lord Chaitanya got a fever and Lord Chaitanya, they tried all kinds of different medicines. His students brought medicine and tried different treatments and nothing seemed to work. His fever wouldn't break. And Lord Chaitanya um, eventually asked for the water that had washed the feet of a pure Brahmin. So they, they went and they, I guess they found some pure Brahmin, maybe a few pure Brahmins and they washed their feet. And then they brought the water and Lord Chaitanya drank that water that had washed the feet of this devotee and his fever broke and he became well. Um, then they continued in their travel and the Lord took bath at a place called Kukum. And then he entered Gaia. And in Gaia, there are impressions of the, the lotus feet of Lord Vishnu. I think they're embedded in a stone there. And um, so lot, you can imagine lots of pilgrims coming there to offer the Shraddha ceremony for their uh, dearly departed uh, friends and family, and um, and so there were there were Brahmins and they were there chanting and worshiping the the lotus feet of Lord Vishnu, and there were heaps of flower garlands, and there were the, the whole place was very smoky from all the incense, and the Brahmins are worshiping these lotus feet of Lord Vishnu, and they were praising those feet as the feet that had rested on Bali Maharaja's head, and um encouraging the people now see see the impressions of these feet that always rest on the head of ananta shesh and so while he was there lord chaitanya was very moved and while while seeing this worship being performed um he was transformed and it was in that same time that that nimai pandit's um mind and heart became really changed and he decided that it um, that his life was going to be different and that he was, he was going to be a very different kind of person and he was going to be a devotee of Lord Krishna. Um, I think it's, it's worth mentioning that par part of the reason for this transformation may very well be his association with Ishvara Puri. So in the course of associating with Ishvara Puri, um, Ishvarapuri had asked him to uh, do some service. So by serving the spiritual master, one pleases Krishna. Um, by pleasing Krishna, a person's life becomes changed. So uh, Ishvarapuri was very clever. He knew that Nimai Pandit was a big scholar and he knew all the rules of grammar and he knew all the rules of writing um so he sort of cleverly persuaded him to do that service and also nimai pandit had always had these only materialistic ideas and only talked about these like astrology grammar some theology but not not the vaishnav theology um and this book, Krishna Lilamrita, he was also hearing. So I want to stress this point that he's hearing from his spiritual master and he's hearing these esoteric explanations about the truths about Lord Krishna. So he's hearing and he's, um, he's hearing about these pastimes and he's doing service for the spiritual master. So those things they change our hearts and they changed his heart as well. So um, while Nimai Pandit was there in Gaia 
offering this Shraddha ceremony at the lotus feet of Lord Vishnu for Jagannath Mishra. Ishvara Puri also, by divine arrangement, happened to be there. And, um, and on meeting, they had already spent so much time together in Nadia for the seven months that Ishvara Puri had lived with Gopinathacharya. The Lord Chaitanya had visited him almost daily. And so when, when Lord Chaitanya saw Ishvara Puri there in Gaya, he immediately went to him and he offered him his respects and, um, and they had a loving embrace. And Ishvara Puri said, now that I'm seeing you, I feel, uh, I feel like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm telling you wrong. Lord Chaitanya said, now that I, Lord Chaitanya said that. Lord Chaitanya said, now that I'm seeing you, I feel like I'm really successful. Um, in the course of doing the Shraddha ceremony, we hope to liberate a single individual. Um, he's hoping to, to get some benefit for Jagannath Mishra. And, um, but he said, a person like you, um, you liberate all kinds of persons. And, um, it sort of it reminded me of this verse. I don't remember the verse exactly, but I think it's Yudhisthira Maharaj is speaking to Vidura. And he said that a lot of people, they go to a holy place and they want to take a bath there and they want to purify themselves. Um, but a person like you who carries Krishna within their heart all the time is themselves a place of pilgrimage. And places of pilgrimage are purified by uh, themselves. Places of pilgrimage are purified by people like yourself. So it made me think of that verse. And, um, and now, um, Lord Chaitanya told Ishvara Puri, and now I'm surrendering myself to you, and I hope that you'll save me from drowning in an ocean of material existence. And the only benediction that I want from you is that you'll force me to drink the nectar of Krishna's pastimes. And Ishvara Puri responds in a very beautiful way. I know you are. He says, I know that you are an expansion of Lord Krishna. How else could a person display such vast learning and erudition? And last night, I had a dream of meeting the Lord. And today, I'm meeting with you. And that, that's fulfilling the seemingly prophetic dream that I had last night. And since, I, since my first meeting, with you there in Nadia, my thoughts have been filled with you. And the bliss of meeting Krishna, it seems like the same as when I'm meeting with you. And to tell you the truth, I'm feeling ever increasing bliss moment by moment in discussing here with you. Um, so, um, Lord Chaitanya, he asked Ishvara Puri um, for initiation. And Ishvara Puri replied, um, I don't know why you're asking me for an initiation and a mantra when I'm when I could give you my my whole heart and soul. Um, but eventually Ishvara Puri was persuaded to give initiation to Lord Chaitanya. And um, and he initiated him with the Ten syllable mantra, which uh, I, I'm fairly certain that this ten syllable mantra is the same one that we hear Guru Maharaj talk about with uh, with uh, Gopa Kumar. So Gopa Kumar also chanted this ten syllable mantra. I think it's Gopi Janavala Vayasvaha. Gopi Jana Vallabhaya Spaha. So uh, I believe that that was uh, Lord Chaitanya's initiation mantra. So um, Lord Chaitanya was um, at times going and sitting in a secluded place without his students, and he's chanting Gopi Jana Vallabhaya Spaha and thinking deeply about uh, Krishna. Uh, in relation to the gopis and their love and um and he was he would be ab absorbed in this mantra and lost in the mantra and lost in in the mood of, of ecstasy and um 
Oh, it's 1230. Um, anyway, I hope all of you will bear with me. We're, we're, in, uh, we're still in the midst of the story. Hang tight. So, um, so as he's chanting this mantra, his students came and they, they found him rolling on the ground and, and bathed in this dust of, of, this, um, of this place. Um, and they brought him back to his normal consciousness. But now he was changed and they could see that he was changed and he exhibited extreme restlessness and um, having been stunned by the arrow of love of God. Uh, he rolled about on the ground and crowd, cried loudly. Um, and so they, they picked him up and, and brought him back to normal consciousness. But he, like I said, he, he wasn't feeling the same. And so he told them like, I'm not interested to go home. I'm not interested to go back to Nadia and continue my life in the way it was. And, um, and he said, I, you know, I'm going to go to Matura. And so early, early one morning, soon after that, Lord Chaitanya got up and he tried to slip away uh, and he was going to leave everybody and he was going to leave everything and he was going to go to Matura. And <laughs> um, so while he's going, he heard a huge voice from the sky. And you, you think about uh, in the beginning of Krishna book, how Kamsa is on the chariot with uh, with Krishna's parents and uh, with Devahuti, not Devahuti. Anyway, forgive me. So he hears this big booming voice from the sky and he says, this, the child born of this marriage will kill you. So Lord Chaitanya, in a similar way, he hears this huge voice from the sky. And, um, and this voice from the sky, I'll, I'll just read this. It's really beautiful. After some distance, he heard the divine voice saying, do not proceed to Matura now. The time will come, then you will go to Matura. But for now, return to Navadweep. Excuse me, just one second. Um, he could not remain. Um, I lost my spot. Hang on. The time will come, then you will go to Matura, but for now return to Navadweep. Um, you are the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Lord of the Vaikuntha planets. You have come into this material world with all of your eternal associates, associates to liberate the entire world. You will propagate the chanting, the congregational chanting of the holy name of God all over the universe and distribute that freely to everyone, the most treasured object of love of Godhead. You are omniscient. You already know everything. We know the reason why you have descended to this material world. You have come to distribute the most desired object, uh, which is the treasured object of even Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva and all the other sages and whose, glo and whose glories Lord Ananta continuously sings. We are your eternal servants, and it is our duty of you it is our duty to remind you of your incarnation, and we place this request at your lotus feet. You are the maintainer of all living entities, the supreme independent truth. No one can obstruct you from carrying out your own pure desires. So my Lord, please return to your home, and very shortly you shall go to Matura. So the Lord took that voice from the sky. He took its advice, and he returned home. Uh, feeling very happy. He, he traveled all over Gaia uh, with his students, and he performed a Shraddha ceremony in Gaia, and he went to different temples all over in that area. And um, so in that way, um, he came to have the shelter of Sri Ishvara Chandrapuri and um, Let's see if I can find the, the benediction verse 
um, for this chapter and I'll end there. This is also good. I'm sorry, I'm not sharing all of this with you. Um, whoever hears this narration about the Lord going on a pilgrimage to Gaia with devotion and faith, Lord Gorachandra will appear in his heart. One can associate with Lord Krishna simply by hearing the transcendental activities of Lord Krishna. And this association with the Lord is eternal because the Lord will never leave such a pure devotee. I'm able to describe some of the transcendental pastimes of Lord Chaitanya because my beloved Lord and Master Nityananda Prabhu is sitting on the throne of my heart and dictating all of this to me. It is only by his mercy that I can write these wonderful transcendental activities of Lord Chaitanya. So I've already gone over time. Um, so thank you all for indulging me. And um, so that's... Um, if anybody would like to, to add anything, if you have any, any comments or questions, um, I told at least part of the story, um, there's a, there's a perfect version of this class somewhere. Um, and I was hoping to, to give some reflection of that, uh, reflection of that class. A week is not nearly enough to, to, for me to put all of the, uh, to give all the details that I would really like to give. Um, but if any, if anybody would like to, to ask anything or make any commentary, that would be nice. Haribo, can you hear me? I can. Hare Krishna, Shamananda. Haribo. Um, I, would, I would just like you to repeat the very beautiful thing that Ishvara Puri said when Mahaprabhu asked for initiation. He said something like, why just give you a mantra when I could get it? That was like, I never heard that. And it was so touching. Yeah. He yeah. said, Lord Chaitanya asked Ishvara Puri for initiation and a mantra. And Ishvara Puri said, you know, like, why are you just asking me for a mantra when I'd be prepared to give you my, my whole heart and soul? Wow. Yeah. So but a Krishna mantra, a Krishna mantra is nice too, but. It, it share, yeah. <laughs> share some of the share some of the sentiments of, of Ishvara Puri in, mm. uh, in his in his mood of Atmani Vedanam and his surrender and affection and love. Mm. And then it was also very touching when uh, like about this uh, the edit, editing of the was it Krishna Lila Amrita or something the, the yeah. Ishvara Puri, that. Uh, Mahaprabhu said something like that Krishna will not be impressed with with someone's knowledge and it and it's it's so obvious but but it, it just like struck me like <laughs> when you said it it's it's very obvious actually yeah like how could Krishna be impressed with someone's knowledge yeah sometimes we think that I guess a person could think like um because because everything that goes on around us, people are impressed with with different things which aren't spiritual. People are impressed by the different opulences that a person have that a person has, whether it's knowledge or strength or fame. You know, we're we're quite inspired or awed by I don't know the the strength of some famous wrestler, or we're attracted by the beauty of some actor or actress and the, the knowledge of some scholars or professors and uh, but th those aren't the things that are really moving to krishna krishna's not not really about that he there's a he's he's only interested in like real confidential like love and affection that's the things that are real like we we have this i like the things that a person has based on their karma or based on the their own ego those aren't the things that that really touch a person krishna's a genuine person and Krishna is like a soft-hearted person, and he's not—he's not interested in in scholarship. He's not, you know, not not just that. Not that not that a scholar can't be a wonderful devotee because they can, but that's not like a requisite thing. You see the, you know, we have the story of this illiterate Brahmin 
reading Bhagavad Gita, Lord Chaitanya was very impressed with that person. He was very merciful to that person. There's so many stories. And yes, thank you. All right. It seems like a, a long pause and enough of a pause to know that we've probably reached the point where anybody, uh, we're, uh, we're arrived at the, the close of our discussion. So anyway, as I said in the beginning, if you have an opportunity, do your Google search, the Sri Chaitanya Bhagavat audio, the, fir the very first two that come up will take you to Sri Chaitanya Bhagavat narrated by Damodar Prabhu and recorded by our friend Ananta Govinda. And you can indulge in these pastimes for yourself. You can hear all the beautiful uh, poetic renderings from uh, Vrindavan Das and Krishna Das Kaviraj. So thank you all so much uh, for hearing me out. And uh, maybe we'll see you tomorrow for thank you. talk. Jai. Thank you. Thank you, you Connor. Jai. Thank you for your sweet points you brought.